Mike, I have a question for you, and I'm asking for a friend. Of course. If someone was interested, where might one purchase a fight pit? Oh, I got a guy for that. You got you got a fight pit guy? Oh, yeah, of course I got a fight pit guy. I also got a steel chair guy. I got a th- really thin trash can guy. I got a kendo stick guy. Oh, and if... In case you absolutely need, I have an exploding ring guy. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the speed event. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. All right, so we're back, took a week break, and back into watching some NXT. Feels like forever since I've seen some of these people's faces. Uh, hey, have you watched NXT and AEW? Because obviously we we didn't watch NX, or AEW two weeks ago. We, I think we watched NXT. Yeah. So there was two episodes of AEW that we haven't commented on at all, including the one from... That, the night that we're recording, so that's three straight episodes of AEW we haven't commented on. Have you been watching these at all? I watched last week's uh, Dynamite, uh, the night two of like whatever they were calling it, New Year's Smash or New Year's Bash or New Year's Axe or Crush or <laughs> whatever. Um, I did watch that. Um, I'm trying to remember what all transpired uh, i remember the darby and uh cage match um darby on had a cage match yes he he wrestled a man named cage inside of that man named cage it, it was it was bonkers <laughs> um but nothing like it it really wasn't that great of a show um so so we're going to talk about NXT, but because we have so m- so much stuff that we haven't covered, and you watched a little bit of last week's episode, I watched most of the weeks before, the week before's episode. I, I, the reason why we were off for a week is that I had a, a death in the family, and, you know, it was just, you know, <laughs> things more important than pro, pro wrestling, right? So, but I did go back and watch some of the content, and... It's mostly AEW, you know, it's mostly pointless tag matches, it's mostly storylines that I don't care about, it's mostly that, but the one thing that is kind of a thread that's running through it is this Impact AEW crossover, and uh, I don't get it. I don't understand why I'm supposed to care about, you know, when we had an invasion in the NWO, which wasn't coming from WWF, but it was supposedly doing so. These are the two biggest promotions in uh, in professional wrestling at the time with the biggest stars. 
doing being involved in the angle and with impact i watched one episode of impact in the past ever I watched one episode. I think they had like transitioned on to a new network. Maybe it was Pop TV or something. And I said, oh, I will just watch an episode of Impact. And I was very unimpressed and never watched another one. No one cares about Impact. No one has cared about Impact in forever. I'm sure there's some talent on the roster. But you've got the number three company, if they're bigger than Ring of Honor. I'm not sure they are. Or New Japan, even in this country. Doing a crossover with a number two company with the main event star, and I just don't get it, and I just don't care. And I'm just wondering, Mike, do you care? Um, no, not right now. Um, it's probably sad because the company that impact used to be I used to care about way back in the day um, but I haven't paid attention to that company in at least five years do you, do you know who their world champion is right now I have no idea Rich Swan <laughs> Rich Swan yep just I mean, found that out a couple days ago I mean He's a competent professional wrestler with, with the little ring, wings on his trunks, which is a thing. I don't know if he still has <laughs> those, but he used to do that. I, what I don't get about this is what is AEW getting out of this? That, that's, that's always the thing with uh, crossover and, and, and promotions is it has to be beneficial from both sides. That's why WWE is... is pretty much stayed away from doing stuff like that because they don't really see how stuff like that benefits them. They, they always think that someone else is going to be riding their coattails off of, uh, cross promotional stuff. But what they're supposed to be getting out of it is good content, right? A good storyline, something that's going to draw you in. I actually, two weeks ago, the, or the, the episode of dynamite from two weeks ago, I actually stopped watching because I was just bored with the show, the main event with Omega and Ray Phoenix. I knew the result and I knew that, you know, we're going to have more of a progression of the storyline. And I just didn't care. I didn't watch. I, I, I was watching. I knew it was something that would have progressed the storyline and I stopped watching. I know the results of Anderson and Gallows coming to uh AEW last week I and it's one of those things that during like the Monday Night Wars where I would watch Raw and tape Nitro and can't wait and hear about what happened on Nitro and can't wait to watch it right mm. even though I knew the results I had to watch it I knew the results of Anderson and Gallows coming in and spurning the young bucks and all this nonsense I have no desire to watch it zero I'm not excited about it. I don't care about it. I don't care about these people. I don't care about the storyline. So if they're not getting compelling television out of this, then it's just a C-rated show involved with a B-rated show to create an F-rated show? It, it's it, There's not anything there. And I'm just not all that interested in anything going on. 
uh, with with any of this talent. And to, to put a little cherry on top of this, the thing with the Bucks not going along with Omega in this heel turn. Because by the way, I don't like Kenny Omega. I think him as a smarmy, shitty heel, I think it works because he's over the top with his mannerisms and all this stuff he does. And I think he works as a heel. The Bucks work as a heel too because they're smarmy little douchebags. The fact that now we're getting this division between the two of them doesn't make any sense in the continuity of what we've been told before how, when Omega won the titles and jumped in the freaking limo or the SUV with the Bucks and rode off like it seems like a missed opportunity for the sake of this impact crossover it would have been better to have Omega and the Bucks as heels and people we hate and we want to see being chased than the Bucks now being baby faces again after being heels for weeks and then baby faces and then fighting indie talent that we never heard of. I mean, it's just, it's bonkers. Every week is a, it seems like a different person writes a show every week. This, this has been going back to one of my biggest complaints since practically the beginning of this company is too many people are involved in too many things at the same time. Like I, I was always saying like, these guys are feuding with these people and these people. Well, now we also have another promotion involved in this. Like Kenny Omega is a quasi de facto like a, a deserter going over to another promotion, hanging out with his old buddies from another promotion, uh, fighting Ray Phoenix whose group is feuding with Eddie Kingston's group, but also has some beef with Lance Archer. And, and by, oh, the way, by the way, John Moxley's back. Yeah. All heels. Oh, yeah. Everyone yeah. you just mentioned is a heel. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he's he also still has beef with John Moxley. Moxley's not, not done with him yet. The Bucks now have issues with them, but the Bucks are also the tag team champions who need to be worrying about the tag team division. And you have 5 billion tag teams all vying for the tag team titles right now with like half of that 5 billion being teams that just showed up on our television in the last three weeks. And we're meant to know who they are. The acclaimed. Uh, and it's just like, I, I've said it before. I like in-depth, like, thinking television shows. Wrestling's not supposed to be that in-depth. Wrestling is has always supposed to be a pretty easy divide on good versus evil and storylines that make sense and are, are easy to follow. I, you can get complicated to a certain extent, but not every single one needs to have a fucking family tree and a message board that explains to me what the fuck is going on with everyone. Yeah, I, I kind of uh, tried to tamp some of that down early on going, well, you know, they've got it, things can be layered and you if you have a locker room, you can have beef with multiple people at the same time. And that was giving them way too much credit. Uh, they they have not they have not lived up to the expectations they have not lived up to the expectations that they've they've put on themselves as far as competent good storytelling and and a lot of it comes down to 
no baby faces and no heels. A lot of it comes down to no good guys and no bad guys. And I know Cody Rhodes would disagree with this, and I freaking love Cody Rhodes. I really do. He He's a great baby face. But when you have whole episodes of Dynamite where baby faces fight baby faces and heels fight heels, and you have no one to cheer for other than people that go out and give a good match, then I'm not sure why I'm watching. I'm just not sure. If I was showing up, if they put this show on at the local rec center, and I was just going out, and I really like all these guys, and I want to cheer them on, and I want to see a good performance, and I want to see some cool moves, they do a great job of that. But storytelling and actually making me invested in those characters, they've done so little of that for the last eight months that it makes me go, okay, I missed a couple episodes of Dynamite. Good. (laughs) I don't have to go back and watch this. There's nothing there for me kind of thing. So one one thing that just came to my mind, and I'm going to throw this past you to see what your your thoughts are on it, uh, because... Maybe maybe I'm just weird in this this instance. So do you enjoy watching uh, other sporting events uh, to which involves teams that you're not invested in? I think we've talked about this before, and I can't remember if it was on a podcast or just you and I together. Anytime I'm watching... And I don't, I do not watch, I grew up as a sports nut. I was into football, baseball, basketball. I played all three from a, being a young child through high school. I could recite every single stat for every single quarterback. I I knew every single draft class. I was a fiend for professional sports. At 40, I could give a shit less. I I have no desire to watch the Super Bowl. I don't know what's going on in football. I follow my baseball team, the Tigers, passively. Uh, So I'm not a a big sports nuts now, and it's a little bit of a weird question for me. But when I was watching sports like a fiend, no matter if I was watching the Buffalo Bills play the Jets, I don't care about either one of those teams but I'd pick one team that I liked more than the other. Maybe it's because I liked Thurman Thomas playing for the Bills, or I liked some of the people on the team. I always picked the team I liked more and wanted them to win. I was always rooting for one of the teams over the other team immediately for whatever reason. Some of it could have been geography-based. Some of it could have been, hey, that guy went to Michigan, and because that guy went, to, that's why I started rooting for Tom Brady. He went to Michigan. So I was a big Patriots fan when they were the underdog, uh, underdogs against the Rams in the Super Bowl. I didn't care about the Patriots or the Rams, but I picked a, the team that I wanted to win. So, yes, I always pick a team that I prefer to win. I always pick a baby face and a heel. See, I, I typically don't watch... And and this is even going back to when I was like an active sports participant. I didn't watch games really that I wasn't invested in. Like if one of my teams weren't playing or a team that a, a player that I really like 
uh, wasn't playing, I didn't watch them unless I was there live. Like hmm. going to going to a live baseball game, like I've I've been to Marlins games to where they're not playing the Phillies and have a great time, uh, just hanging out in the ballpark, watching a game, being with friends, drinking beers, like that. Like it's an experience to be there live. But I'm not I'm not gonna watch the the Marlins and the Nationals because I don't care about either one of those teams. And that's a kind of a, an idea here is that. If you don't give me a reason to like or dislike uh, one of those, or really mostly like one of those participants in a match, all you're 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 telling me is like just watch it because it's 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 wrestling. No, watch it because it's on TV. Yeah, and and I, I think there's a little bit like what you're getting at and your mentality is very similar to mine in a certain way. Is that I will default to wanting one person to win over another one. But I have a reason for it. You got to give me a reason, and I might justify it in my own mind. But yeah. it's really, really important for the narrative of society. I mean, we see this in politics. Like, there's us versus them. Like, it's not necessarily a good thing, but it is natural for people. Is that you pick your team? When I used to sit down for years and get together with my friend and watch NFL Sunday, and we'd watch the the morning game, the afternoon game, and the nighttime game. The Detroit Lions never played in any of those games because the Detroit Lions have sucked forever. And that was my team because I'm from Michigan. But I watched every other team's playing and I would pick the team I wanted versus the team that I didn't like to win. Uh, you can you can make me like someone or dislike someone because of the narrative you build around it. And sometimes you create it yourself, but good pro wrestling creates it for you. They tell you. Mm-hmm. Pac is going to fight Eddie Kingston. Pac has been an asshole the entire time he's been been on AEW. He is a genetic freak. He's an incredible wrestler. He's an incredible talker. I've missed him so much. But he shows up, and he's a heel still, and he's fighting a heel faction. Why? To what end? Who does it benefit? Lance Archer is an unstoppable monster that needs to be controlled by legendary Jake the Snake Roberts. And now he's just a good guy that comes and helps out one heel faction versus another one. What is happening? Who is sitting there as a continuity director saying, how does any of this make sense? Because it doesn't. And because of it, I I become less interested in investing any time in it. We're at the point where WWE's Raw and SmackDown, we gave up with a long time ago because there's nothing for us there. There's no continuity. It's boring. It's bland. It's the same thing as paint by numbers. Everything they touch turns to shit. This company with AEW had promise, but they now have no license. I don't believe in them that they're going to pull this out and make this storyline great. I gave them that license early on. It was a mistake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you, do you want to talk about anything else, AEW, before we talk a no, bit about I, NXT? I'm glad we were able to touch on that a little bit, get a little bit of frustration out. It, it's, it sounds like whining. It sounds like being, you know, sour grapes about the whole company. But it's just the feelings I've had over 
my absorption of this company over the last several weeks that we haven't had a chance to talk about. But we can now talk about NXT and complain about that. At least I will. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I honestly didn't like this episode. Uh, I I found it boring at at most points, and my favorite parts were not wrestling related and just a result uh, because okay so the non-wrestling related uh, stuff that I enjoyed can also be a little bit tied into these harps that I have on AEW and that was the Finn Balor stuff mm -hmm. because Finn Balor kind of has a triangular thing going on right now with Pete Dunne and Kyle O'Reilly. So these, this is a guy who has two kind of feuds going on, but they have kind of formed them in a simple fashion that is easy to understand and mm -hmm. easy to just carry along with. And I, I really enjoyed the interaction that he had with William Regal being like, I want Pete Dunne, but first I want to take care of Lorcan and Birch. Like, well, you got to find a partner. Like, I don't have friends. Maybe your enemies are, are the ones who, and to go to Kyle O'Reilly, like the, the strange bedfellows thing works here. It works there. It does. Yeah. Uh, for, for those guys having issues to take on, people who also O'Reilly has had issues with. All right, cool. I kind of dig this. I also like just the fact that Timothy Thatcher won yep. his match, but that match, not very good. No, it wasn't great. So before we get into that, I, I will just say this. AEW has a feeling of being like live, and there is a, a little bit of excitement around AEW in just their presentation their execution of it seems like bush league bullshit with no continuity and no thought to what next week's going to look like aew seems like sterile stagnant water but it's consistent and they actually do pay attention to most of what's going on and they do set up feuds and even though they're boring kind of the payoff actually sometimes ends up being really good. If we could just combine those two companies, I know that's not going to happen. We might <laughs> actually get a watchable wrestling product uh, or maybe that, that, that's not going to work. But uh, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Listen, let's just talk about the fight pit thing. I was so excited about this fight pit match. I love Timothy Thatcher. I love Tommaso Ciampa, even though his hair clipper broke this afternoon so he could not shave his head properly and i'm sorry about that tomaso champa uh are you, you know, responsible for that and no i'm Is that just, why you're him, apologizing i just feel like listen there there's a walgreens on every corner they sell hair clippers i'm positive i've bought one uh but this was not a good match uh oh. it i like the feel of this match i like the fight pit I was thinking while I was watching this, wait till NXT Fight Pit is just a new takeover every year, and then we have to have four matches in the Fight Pit. Uh, it be I just liked it because it felt different. 
There's no ropes. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it for that. But it just, it didn't have enough time. They fought too much on the scaffolding around the top of it. This was a way to feature... Thatcher doesn't need to throw you off the ropes. He can manipulate your joints and do all the great holds. And we didn't get much of that. No. I did like the finish. And the reason I like the finish is that Thatcher makes everything look like a struggle. Even as he's clasping his hands together in the stretch muffler adaptation through the whatever, steel girders, he made it look like he was struggling to get that locked in. And once he got that locked in, Ciampa had no chance because he had it locked in. I like the both these guys. I think they did an admirable job, but whoever laid it out, put the time in, didn't do a good job with it. And maybe they laid it out. But it, I thought this would be one of the best matches I would see this year, and it ends up being just kind of a damp squib with yeah. a good finish and a good result, but completely unmemorable. Like we are, we always try to put like our our uh, our picks for for awards. We start it every year, like early on in the year. We're like, oh, we'll write that down. We'll write that down. We would never write this down. This was a no. good match. Uh, like I, I felt like the back and forth on this was so unnatural. I felt like some some selling went out the window on this. The, the spots that, that come to mind specifically is Thatcher had that kind of like finger lock wrist lock on Ciampa and like slammed his fingers into the mat. And like Wade bears like, Oh, he broke his finger. He could have broke his fingers. It almost immediately went into like, Champa bashing uh, Thatcher's head mm-hmm. off the the cage and getting a near fall, like he just almost broke the guy's hands, and he makes an, an immediate comeback. Welcome to my world, Mike. So many times, I feel like I'm the only one that complains about like the lack of selling and the fact that people come back immediately, and you oftentimes defend it. Uh, I I will I I defend like the the fighting spirit spots here and there but that was not one of those no it would have been a good point to have thatcher take over and just manipulate joints and put in holds and 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 slow it down and do what they do really really well both of them i think they missed a they missed a huge opportunity to feature what thatcher can do and champa's brutality and they didn't do really either one of those effectively. They did little whispers of it, but it never really came to fruition. I honestly, if they both would have just jumped down to the fucking pit, like immediately, yeah, and looked at each other, how cool would that have been? Like, we just want to beat the piss out of each other. Mm-hmm. We're not going to pussyfoot around up here. A really cool thing. Like there's there's just ways that this could have been done really really well. I looked forward to it. I didn't love it, but the result was good. The finish was okay, and I did love the Finn Balor stuff. I thought that that made a lot of sense. That worked, and most of the other you know matches around this were all to set up the the Dusty Classic. And there's one big theme that I have to put up here is that a bunch of teams fighting each other without a lot of storyline, even though most of them somehow do have storyline with their first round opponents is 
you know, these are competent teams fighting against one another and having even matches. Well, we always have that. Every match in NXT and every match in AEW goes 20 minutes and it's all 50-50 and every team barely beats another team. This is the first round matchups. We should have the eight seed going up against the one seed and the one seed should beat the piss out of the eight seed, right? I don't need to see uh, the first match with the way uh, with the North American champion. I have my issues with Johnny Gargano, but he's the North American champion. And Austin Hypothesis, who is a giant compared to his opponents, losing this match, I like a lot of what Kushida does. I was I really like the vertical suplex, and he kind of dropped uh, Gargano immediately into an arm bar. He does some really, really cool shit. But you've got the North American champion and a person with a six-inch height advantage over both of his opponents and a 40-pound weight advantage. That's not an even pairing. Those guys should have torn through those guys like tissue paper. Uh, I don't, I just, I don't get that. And if we didn't see competitive matches on every single episode of NXT for every single match, even that would make more sense. And all three of the tag team matches were upsets. Yeah. Yeah. You had Ruffin Kushida beat the way. You had, um... Lucha House Party, which is still a thing, <laughs> beat Imperium. And you had uh, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter beat uh, uh, Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. So you're not even really telling a good story because you're telling the same story over and over again. Yeah, they told it three times. Uh, I, I just, it, none of those matches mattered to me at all and what they were trying to no. do. Um they had the Karrion Cross match, which is good, a little squash, fine. Yeah. But my question to you is, how long has Karrion Cross's finish been a forearm to the back of the head? Was that his finish when he showed up? No, he he used it on Priest in yeah. their uh, was it Takeover or whatever, where, whenever they had that match, uh, and that I think was the first time that he used it. Can I use the term super unimpressive? No, he's got to stick to the, the Saito, uh, like the Saito suplex is, is devastating looking. And I mean, then the, um, the sleeper, whatever, I forget what it's called, straight jacket or something. Like, I don't get that. Like there are impact move, and honestly, like Jericho's Judas effect is terrible. I know. I, I actually, I don't mind that. Mm. I don't think it's one of the. I don't. It's not top ten finishers, but with Jericho, there's there's a little impact. There's a spin. There's something involved in that. I have my issues with Jericho. Lots of issues with Jericho, mostly political. But you know, <laughs> issues with Jericho. But that's an okay finisher. It actually looks more brutal than a forearm to the back of the neck, because the person can can take it. They can anticipate it. They can go with it. They can fall. They can they can take the move. A back of the neck hit always looks like shit because they they don't even know it's coming. So you can't really hit them with impact. They can't get their hand up. There's tons of issues with that, and I don't understand why they would alter that kind of 
finish for him because it just doesn't look impressive at all. Uh, yeah, this 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 show was just kind of a mess. There were just not a lot of things. I, well, to to stay on Carrying Cross, you then had Santos Escobar come out and talk shit about Carrying Cross. Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, what is he doing? Like, he's a he he's a heel champion for the cruiserweight division, talking shit about a heel uh, heavyweight. And and then they just develop it into like this thing with this guy who no one knows. Like Wade Barrett's like, who is this guy? You know, one of the things I feel like there should be a a piece of paper or a, a plaque in front of like the stage gorilla position where you walk out that says to what end? Basically, whatever you're doing, what is the end game for it? So you've got Santos Escobar insulting Karrion Cross. Are they going to be in a program together? Are they going to fight? Then why are they talking about each other? To what end? What are we trying to accomplish here? Uh, I can't remember who it was. It might be a, a Jim Ross story or a Cornette story or something. Where No, I think it was a Cornette story where he talked about basically he was insulting... Uh, the interviewer during a, a promo and whether it was Dusty Rhodes or Bill Watts pulled him aside and said, you think we're booking you with the interviewer? We're not booking you with the interviewer. We're never going to book you in a match with them. We're never, there's no reason to do this. So stop it and talk about the team you're going to fight. Hey, Santos Escobar, we're never going to book you against Karrion Cross. So shut the fuck up about Karrion Cross. Don't make him look like a moron and put over the next freaking contender you have to your title. To what end? That was like an AEW moment in NXT. Yeah. This episode just did not seem like it, it was running on all gears to me. No, and one of the things I noticed about this episode of NXT is that whoever is booking and running NXT, and, you know, Triple H, Shawn Michaels is around, I think Road Dog at some point, they must have been watching AEW. And they must have been watching weeks of random, nobody tag teams showing up that no one knows of, but we're all supposed to kind of know of. And say, we got to get in on that game. They've got the market cornered on tag teams we don't have, we've never heard of, that we're all supposed to have heard of, that don't look physically impressive, and do flippy shit that doesn't resonate with anybody. So we got MSK. This match, they showed up the week before. I did not watch the episode. I did see some of the highlights. Cool. But at least they did a video package for them. But is MSK the acclaimed? Are they the same team? Because I feel like they are. And wasn't there another team in AEW that is the exact same team as this? I feel like one team. Top flight. Yes. One team is just, they're doing three roles over two different companies and they're just showing up. I, I don't get this. I know the Dusty Classic does usually involve 
some outside talent. And I give them props for doing some kind of video package for them. But I don't know who these people are. And I did you watch the episode of NXT from last week? No. They re-showed a clip of, I'm guessing is their finish, of a guy standing doing a standing moonsault where his partner pushes him onto his opponent. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember seeing that. Yeah. They showed it. They showed it again. And they showed it again. I've got an idea. Don't do that. Because if you want to do a standing moonsault, we've seen, I don't know, 10 wrestlers do that. No problem. You don't need someone to push you onto your opponent. Just go do your freaking standing moonsault onto your opponent. It doesn't look that cool. Just because you can do it doesn't mean it's impressive. I have no interest in these people, and I hope they go away quickly. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not not very familiar with these guys. Um, I did a little Wikipedia looking and saw that they're from Impact. Uh, that's oh, good for them. Why I I am unfamiliar with them, and. You know, like I haven't seen a match yet, so I'm not going to judge by that. But uh, my first bit with seeing them, them doing the Borat voice collectively was not uh, setting things off on a good foot. I mean, I know that they just did a a sequel, but no one's seen that because no one cares. Like they're basically. Oh, did you? Yeah. Is it because of the Giuliani thing? No, I just I just <laughs> saw it because I was like, eh, it's something to watch. But it does it doesn't seem topical. It, it it seems a little bit like doing an Austin Powers voice now. Like uh, we've we've seen <laughs> that. We we've done that. Um, no, I just uh, I don't need another indie tag team that does a bunch of unassisted, unassi- nonsensical stuff. That doesn't in any way look realistic to show up on NXT and and, and do flips. I, I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. And MSK seems to be that. And I say that without watching any of their matches. I don't think the reaction I'm supposed to have to a new team showing up to NXT is, man, I hope they go away. But that was my initial reaction to this team. After seeing that package. I don't even know what MSK is supposed to mean. Why does it matter? It doesn't matter what it's supposed to mean. That's the point. It doesn't matter. That's true. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't fucking matter. And and I have to mention this. If we're talking about nonsensical moves, um, Casey Cantanzaro, her finish appears to be as many flips and turns as a human being could possibly do off the top rope and landing on her ass on someone's abdomen. That ain't good. I mean, she can do a lot of flips and turns, and that's cool. But to what end? Because an ass drop off the top rope from a person who weighs 78 pounds, after some flips, cool. But... It would have been more impressive to do a red arrow 
and land with some kind of velocity other than looking like I wasn't trying to do the thing I just did. So it was a Phoenix splash with an extra half rotation. <laughs> so like, Thank you, Mike. Well, cause like we, we've seen Seth do a Phoenix splash, yeah. same setup. Uh, you're facing away from the ring. Uh, it's a turn and a flip and, but he lands on his stomach. This was her landing on her back. Uh, but also Tony storm was on her stomach on the mat. So she took it as a back, like to her back. She couldn't see it coming. Tony storm did not sell taking that because she didn't know it was coming. Like, I mean, she knew that the move was coming, but like, couldn't see it coming to where when Catanzaro hit, it was just this weird thud. It wasn't even like sometimes you get those thick, those, those sick thuds that are just like, oh, that sounded bad. This was just like, like two fish hitting each other. <laughs> two dead fish. It, yes. And it just looked bad. It sounded bad. Uh, like, it wasn't impressive. No. Like it was, it was probably like, I'm sure that probably Tony took it to the back as a kind of a protection measure, because if she might've taken that to the stomach, it could have knocked the wind out of her. She could have gotten really hurt with someone doing it for her first time, like live, uh, because I don't think I've ever seen Casey do that move before. It could have really hurt someone. So it's probably better to take it to your back. I mean, I, I don't know enough about, you know, taking a move or, you know, protecting yeah, yourself I, completely. I to could do be that. speaking out of turn. But just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Yeah. And that is a rule that most pro wrestlers should tattoo on their ass <laughs> backwards so they can read it in the mirror. And we don't have that with. Young Bucks, we don't have that with so many talents. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. That's a move that does not look impressive and should never be done again. Now, maybe it was just a bad example of it and she'll hit it next time. Who knows? Maybe it's Billy Kidman on his uh, Shooting Star Press. You know, he hits one out of five and that's fine. The rest of the time he murders someone. But... <laughs> I just, less is more, guys. Less is more. Sell good characters, good storylines, and keep things snug, work hard. Everything's going to work out well. And just going out there and going, hey, I was playing around these mats the other day, and I did this extra rotation on this flip. Someone should go, cool, let's get back to wrestling. <laughs> I'm really glad you were able to do that. I'm glad we have these crash pads here and you can do all the flips you want and that'll be really cool and you can have fun and you can maybe put it on your freaking YouTube channel. But let's get back to pro wrestling here. Yeah. So overall, a uh, not very great episode. I mean, the, the progression with the... I, I, one thing we didn't mention, the Pete Dunne uh little vignette that he did the pre-recorded thing i thought was really well done it was 
the best thing I've seen from Pete Dunn talking. The stuff he has done in the ring has been not great, but this pre-recorded vignette, whatever you want to call it, was good for setting up the Pete Dunn and Finn Balor feud. And I like Pete Dunn. He's a good worker. So I like that aspect of it. I like that they're focusing on the Dusty Classic. I think it's a, a cool concept. The big problem is, is that I don't give a flying fuck about a single team in this freaking tournament. The, the, the NXT tag team division is devoid of any real talent. I mean, other than uh, the, the Undisputed Era, who I care about because they have the most entertaining segments on every single show. There's no one I give a flying fuck about. There's not a lot of good teams. I mean, we used to have American Alpha, and we used to have the Revival, and we used to have really, really good, even the Vaude Villains. We had teams that I actually cared about. There's, not only is there a, a devoid of talent, they're devoid of interest. I uh, Imperium is is Imperium have they're good workers but have no personality. Yeah. And without Walter leading them, they've there's nothing there. Brizongo, I know I don't even know they're in the freaking tournament. Who cares about Brizongo at this point? There's just not a lot of meat on the bone, and it's the worst time to have this Dusty Classic. I was thinking at the end of the fight pit match, Champa and Thatcher. I was like, oh, these two could be a good team. That's kind of what I thought was uh, being teased there at the end. Like I was, I was wholly expecting Thatcher to put his hand out uh, as like a, a show of respect, and 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 Champa shake his hand and like, all right, we have a tag team now. But if they would have set this fight pit matchup before the classic, had them enter the classic and win it and then spin that off into a prolonged, you know, they're feuding, they're tagging, they're feuding again. That could be a really, really cool thing because these guys are badasses that I actually care about. But most of this field, the grizzled young veterans, no thank you. No thank you. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I'm, I'm, I want you to do your thing and maybe I'll change my mind, but I'm good. Uh, there's just there's just not a lot of people that I care about, and they're doing this thing with the the women's uh, division, and I think that's great. But other than uh, like Raquel Gonzalez, like, are there any teams there? Like teams, like actual teams, like women that are together in a Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, like a team. Um, I mean, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter are a team. They are, and they don't count because I don't care about either one of them. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Uh, of course, you're right. But I, I don't. There's just there's just nothing. I don't know. I just don't. I just don't care about. I don't know. It seems shoehorned. It seems like they didn't really know this was coming up because they would have done more to make the tag team division something more interesting in the last three months instead of completely neglecting it. Oh, know what else? We we had a backstage segment to where the person in the backstage was supposed to be announcing like, oh, Ashanti the Adonis 
uh, was injured in his match with Karrion Cross, so their tag team match, and then we got interrupted by Katanzaro and Carter, so we don't even get what the hell is actually going on with that announcement for the tag team tournament. Well, maybe they'll be kicked out of it, and maybe they'll be Thatcher and Ciampa will replace them. That could be interesting. Yeah, I like tournaments. Unfortunately, this is a tournament with a lot of people that I don't care about. And I like the, the main event title picture. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that. I don't care about what's going on with Gargano right now. I don't care about his faction, his whatever team. It's just a really bland show. It doesn't do a lot to really offend you, but it doesn't do a lot to keep you invested. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anything else that uh from that show? I did flip over to AEW a couple times during watching this episode of NXT. And in one of the times I flipped over and Sting was talking about Darby Allen in the ring. And Sting I've always been very interested in the fact that Sting made his bones being surfer sting right cutting enthusiastic crazy promos and being really like over the top and making his noises and with his bleach blonde hair and his face paint and then he reinvented himself as a brooding not talking character who was i mean the most interesting sting has ever been and then his hybrid character of like promo cutting sting in the crow makeup was always kind of hit or mix Hit or mix, hit or miss. I mean, his catchphrase was "Showtime, folks," and he had that catchphrase in 1999. Oh shit, I forgot about that. Which is embarrassing. Um, so brooding, badass Sting is in the ring, just cutting a promo about how great Darby Allen is, in like the most like cheery kind of good guy. Hey, folks, we're cutting a promo at a professional wrestling show. And I was like, wow, they're really getting their money out of Sting over there. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't good. Oh, I was sad that I, I switched over. I was enjoying that commercial. What what was the commercial? Was it uh, the new uh, Geico commercial where the pipes are making uh, a bunch of noise and it's a bunch of uh, bagpipers? Listen, those Geico people are geniuses. They 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 know their <laughs> audience because that does keep my attention. <laughs> the show is not sponsored by Geico. <laughs> Fifteen minutes or more, fifteen percent. I think it's less, but go ahead. Yeah, same thing. Uh, <laughs> 15 minutes or more. <laughs> 15 minutes or seven hours. One of the two. Somewhere between there. Um, all right. So I think that uh, about wraps things up for this episode. Thank you, everyone, once again for joining us. We will, I guess we'll watch uh, AEW next week and uh, see what those uh Sprats or brats or <laughs> sprats? I don't. I, Th- that's I a don't good know. new term. Sprats. Sprats are up to on uh, on dynamite. Uh, 
Thanks uh, for Kevin. My name's Mike. We'll catch you next week. Good night. Good wrestling. <laughs>